They say it's in your blood, a game that can't be won, only played. A love affair, it satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect. The greatest game ever played, golf. It's real. And this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper. Talking golf with you for more than two decades. And now, here's Brian and Bob. Well, thank you very much. Happy holidays and welcome in to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, approaching the end of 2023. Hard to believe, but we appreciate you taking us along we got a lot to get to here in hour number one. Jeff Babineau has been out uh, in Orlando covering the PNC this week. You might have heard about it. Tiger, Charlie, they're playing together. Kind yeah. of a big deal. Ryan Ballengee also is going to join us and talk about some of the top stories and uh, his thoughts on last week's news and events around the Grant Thornton. And the caddy will stop by with, you know, who knows what. That's just the caddy. So he'll we'll, he'll deliver some kind of humor and and some sort of interesting takes as well. So that's all coming up on hour number one. On the back nine, hour number two, Bob and I will take the opportunity to count down our top 10 stories of 2023. So I'm excited about that. Let us know what you think. Follow us on Twitter at Real Golf, where, oh, sorry, follow us on X. Let me get that correct. I seem to <laughs> just be in a routine of the Twitter thing, but follow us on X yep. at Real Golf, or you can search Real Golf Radio for the other social sites and download us where your favorite podcasts are found. You can also hit us up on iHeartRadio, uh, on GNN Radio Network, as well as Sports Byline Radio Network, and of course, our flagship station, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah. It is good to be with you, Bob. You know, I think a lot about you and your dad uh, this week. I used to love it when we first started the show and you guys would get invited to go out there and play. I'll, re- I'll never forget that. I think it was the last time maybe you all played out there in Atlantis and the Bahamas. And mm-hmm. you hold a putt from off the green yep. on the last hole and ended up in the booth talking to the guys on NBC with your dad. That's yeah, pretty, pretty cool, cool stuff. Yeah, it's pretty fun. H- opportunity to play with my dad. In quite a few of those and quite a few of Johnny Miller's Champions Challenge. And it was always great, you know, great memories, um, opportunity to win one of the Champions Challenge events with my dad. And it just, it, it's it's really, really cool. Now it's really neat to see um, like Annika with her 11-year-old son and some of the other ones that have, sons that have come up through um, and Tiger and Charlie. Of course. Yeah, so no it's going to be exciting to watch. That was a momentous win by you and your dad at that 98 Champions Challenge where I interviewed you as the winner and ultimately led to us starting this show. And Absolutely. next year, it'll be 25 years since that time, which is pretty amazing. Hey, stay with us. We'll get started next. Jeff Babineau joins us right here on Real Golf Radio. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks again for joining us, and happy holidays, everyone. Joining us now from Florida and the PNC Championship is our good friend. He's writing for PGATour.com this week at the PNC Championship. Jeff Babineau joins us now. Jeff, happy holidays, buddy. How are you? Happy holidays, guys. I'm doing fine. Good. Well, we appreciate it. I know you're busy this week and appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us. So uh, I understand you spent a little bit of time with Tiger and Charlie. That's not the big story of the week or anything, is it? Yeah, they kind of snuck into the field here again. Fourth <laughs> year for those two. Uh, yeah, it's 
kind of fascinating to watch, honestly. You know, Ty, uh, Charlie is so much bigger. I uh, mean, they were running the highlights of him from the first trip in, uh, you know, their first trip four years ago when he was 11 years old. And uh, he's just got so much bigger. He's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of speed. You know, Tiger's talking about some par fours where he's going to try and hit a little cut driver out there in the fairway and let Charlie take a rip at it. So it's just uh, a little role reversal out there, but it's, it's fun to watch these two. And I thought Tiger looked good. You know, he's moving nicely. Uh, he started kind of limping toward the end of the round, but they kind of uh, they, they didn't want use of a cart for the day. They're one of the few that didn't use a cart at all. Uh, so that, I think, was a, a bit of a victory for Tiger, you know, walking 18. And so it's just it's interesting to watch those two. So, you know, he just played a few weeks ago at the Hero, and he said that um, he thinks he can play once a month. Your thoughts about that and uh, some of the comments he made and what his game looks like and how he played, especially at the Hero recently. Yeah, it was a little unfortunate today because he finished and we weren't able to address him. He answered questions from a tour official. We submitted questions. But uh, I would like to ask him, yeah, I mean, if, if he's walking pain-free and that was a huge hurdle, what prevents him from playing possibly more than one a month, right? Uh, but we weren't really able to ask that. I guess tomorrow we can. I'm curious to know what his recovery was like at uh, the hero and, and how he bounces back. And uh, but, but right now, if we got one tournament a month, it's better than what we've had the last few years. So, um, you know, I'd be all for that. If he play some big events, he play the majors, he Maybe the players, I guess, or something in March, Bay Hill. Um, you know, one big tournament a month. I mean, it'd be kind of cool, and I think that would be a pace we all could accept. And, and I think if he did that, he'd be on the road to maybe play the champions when he turns 50, which is just a couple of years away. Jeff Babino joining us from uh, Florida and the PNC Championship. Yeah, I mean, look. For the idea that a few years ago we wondered if we would, you know, if Tiger was going to survive, let alone have both legs, to would he ever play again, to now we could see him once a month. You know, I, I kind of joked that this whole elevated, you know, event discussion would simply be dictated by when Tiger chose to play. That's when it's elevated, right? Yeah. So uh, it's almost like once That's a right. month, it's going to be the Tiger elevated event. Yeah, I mean, the PNC is an elevated event, right? Good <laughs> Tiger was, I mean, it's just fascinating. Now, now with his, his kid at his side, I mean, I, I I wrote today a column on this, too, and I said, you know, it's probably the one place where a tiger can show up and it, not all the eyes are on him. There's people that are really curious to see Charlie and his progress and what his swing is doing and the shots he's hitting and, you know, can he play golf balls, things like that. So it's kind of amazing to watch the two together. You know, Charlie was helping Tiger with his putting alignment out there and a lot of back and forth. And it's just constant golf talk from green to tee. And, uh, you know, you got to believe Tiger really enjoys that. I mean, what else is, is better for him than to share his biggest passion with his kids? Yeah. You know, it's kind of fun um, having played in that event quite a few times and uh, the Champions Challenge here in Utah, it's kind of fun to play with your dad and have your dad accept you for 
uh, what you can offer to him to help him with his game or right. reading putts or that type of thing. Yeah, that's kind of neat. I mean, we, we talked to, to Justin Thomas today uh, when he finished, just what it meant to win this event with his dad. And he was just saying it's, it's just different, you know. It's kind of really cool. To, what other sport are you getting inside the ropes? I mean, you were able to do it. Your dad was a, an unbelievable player. Uh, and to share his stage and get in that arena with him, where else are you doing that unless you're, you know, the Griffies or something really exceptional? Uh, doing it on a baseball diamond. So I just think that's just really cool, and I think it, it kind of uh, promotes different feelings in these guys. Uh, it's just memories, right? It's making memories. Uh, Stricker is here with his daughter this week, and when, when would they get to play an event together? So uh, it's just really cool, and, and you can tell you talking to the players how special uh, they feel the week is. Is that his daughter that caddied for him earlier this year? Yes. Yeah, nice. I mean, both of his daughters have caddied, and one's on the back this week, but it's Izzy who caddied it when they won the senior, uh, the KitchenAid Senior PGA. So, and she's a, she's a good player. I mean, Bobby Stricker, the older one, is 25 and trying to get some uh, Epson Taurus status, but she was a uh, tennis player, didn't play until she walked on at Wisconsin and ended up being the number one player on that team in her fifth year. But, but the other one, this, this young one, Izzy, she's a player and she has some talent and uh, she's got her dad's fire. So uh, she'll be an interesting one to watch. Hey, Jeff, how about some of the older guys? I know Trevino's there. And uh, any, any chance to visit with any of those guys or get any good stories or, or anecdotes? Yeah, I mean, today was mostly Tiger, 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 you know, and, and um, I do appreciate that. I, I spent some time with some of those guys last week. I went to that World Champions Cup. Uh, some guys that are here this week, you know, Stricker, Furyk, Justin Leonard, spent some time with them there. Uh, I, I love the fact, uh, I'm always impressed with how much these guys practice. And Lee Torino is, what, 84 years old? And you look out there and he's hitting balls at the end of the range. And I mean, I just love that fire and he really loves it. He, he hasn't missed one of these. He's the only guy that's been here every year. So uh, that's pretty amazing. And you know, keeping that passion to play this game, it's one thing to be out there showing up and trying to play, but, but still loving it and playing it on your, you know, what would be your days off. And, uh, it's just amazing to me. It shows you why those guys were, were great it's because the, the game plays in their heart. Yeah. So who are, the te- who are some of the teams that are favored, do you think? Well, I think they told the Strickers yesterday that they're favored. Uh, I think, you know, you know Tiger and Charlie would love to win this thing. And if Tiger's, Tiger's certainly swinging it nice, man, he had a, a towering iron to the 17th hole. He's this big hook around a clump of trees on a par five. Perfect little five iron. I mean, he's, so he, some shots are coming back to him, I think. He's, he talked about knocking the rust off a little bit today. Uh, so they would have to be up there as favorites. And, um, you know, and it's like I say, you look at the Strickers, uh, you look at some of the, the, you know, the dailies, again, they'll be a factor. You know, John John Daly, too, might be as good as his dad. So 
Uh, you got to watch kind of the kids who are players and and how they how they uh, they do with their dad if the dad can get things going and get them going. Well, real quick before we let you go, Jeff, and we appreciate you taking some time. Being it's kind of end of the year, uh, who stands out to you, or what stands out to you when you think uh, story or you know uh, newsmaker, whatever you want to call it, of twenty twenty three? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think uh, I spent a fair amount of time on the champion story. Really, I think Steve Stricker's year went underappreciated. Uh, you know, Bernhard Larner was setting the all-time win out there this year. That was big. Uh, you know, Rob getting his Masters, Scotty Scheffler, how well he played. I mean, just all those stories in between that kind of keep us going. And I, mean, I remember the, the Chris Kirk and, uh, uh, you know, Eric Cole shootout yeah. at the Honda early in the year. That, those are the stories we forget that golf gives us, you know. Nobody... Eric Cole this time last year was playing for fifteen hundred bucks in South Florida mini tours, and you know he had a tremendous year out there. And uh, so I, it's just so many. Uh, yeah, that's why I love golf so much. The storylines are are endless. The majors remain big. You know these guys that continue to play for history. That's big. In, in a chaotic time, you just kind of go to that baseline and, and really enjoy the game for what it is. I love that. Jeff, thanks so much. Happy holidays to you and your family, and we'll talk to you in the new year, huh? You got it, man. Happy holidays to you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Babineau joining us right here. Check out his stuff on PGATour.com this week, covering the PNC Championship. Yeah, you might have a little interest. That guy, Tiger Woods, and uh, Charlie, who's uh, nearly as big a name this week, uh, playing amongst others. We'll take a short break. More of the show continues next. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you wrapping up the year 2023. We appreciate you taking some time. Follow us at Real Golf on X and Real Golf Radio at other social media platforms and download us where your favorite podcasts are found, including on GNN Radio. Pick us up on iHeart and uh, joining us, the founder of GNN Radio and GolfNewsNet.com. Ryan Ballingy is our guest. Ryan, how are you, man? Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you guys. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for spending some time. Hard to imagine we're wrapping up the year here. And so, uh, but before we get into your thoughts on 2023 stories, man, a lot took place from a week ago to what what we where we are now. And let's just start with Tony Finau. Were you surprised or, and if so, how surprised that Tony ended up uh, giving us the, the nod that he was staying on the PGA Tour? I was surprised, and I think the reason I was surprised is because two things. One, Finau kind of acknowledged the, the, the rumors that were out there, and, but said, I, I really don't have anything to say right now, kind of implying, well, let's let this tournament finish, and then I can deliver the bad news. And then also James Corrigan, who's, who's been one of the reporters who's been all over this, that kind of put it out there. Like, Finau is one of the guys that's almost certainly going to go. So I think a lot of people have braced themselves. Uh, you know, Rom and uh, Fina have a decent relationship. And so maybe there was a kind, of, kind of link made there. So I, I was fully prepared for that to happen. And then for him to come out and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not leaving. Uh, that, I, I think, probably buoyed a lot of people's interests uh, or, or spirits if you're a PGA Tour fan, aficionado, whatever, after Rom leaving. 
Yeah, and, you know, Tony was probably a big one for them that they were trying to get as well. Terrell Hatton was also in the mix. Jason Day also in the mix. Um, kind of interesting to see that Rom makes the jump, but yet you've got some guys, some younger guys, that are kind of the, what would you say, the stalwarts that decided that, you know what, PGA Tour is where I want to be. And I wonder how much of that has to do with the Saudis themselves, right? I mean, they spent, I'm guessing, close to a third of a billion dollars and a minimum on John Rom, And that's a lot of money to throw at any one individual, especially knowing that the reality of the situation is that Rom is a chess piece. He's not a superstar to build live around. He's a guy to make a point to the PGA Tour about and go, well, if you're going to mess around with us, we're going to mess around with you. We have plenty of money to get whoever we think we want or need. So you better come to the table. Maybe with that in mind, they kind of changed their mind a little bit on Tyrrell Hatton or Tony Finau. And, and maybe they just kind of said, you know what? Maybe we're not going to spend as much money on you guys, or maybe we just need to take a pause and see what happens. Because if there does turn out to be a deal that comes in the next several weeks that involves the public investment fund, they probably will have spent all of this money in vain. So maybe they figured, 300 million is enough to spend in vain, but anything on top of that is too much. I don't know. Uh, the vanity to have that kind of hundreds of millions for vanity billions. What are we talking about here? Yeah. So no, no question. Well, that may be the case, right? It could very well be a contract thing. Could have been that the offer was never there, that it was just smoke. Yeah. But what we've seen is what the kind of smoke we saw around Tony felt like there was something, you know, that was on the table. At least there was, there were talks happening and it, has led to some sort of an announcement, you know, days following this kind of smoke. So Tony doesn't go, let's just assume that Tony had a contract or he had an offer and he says he's not going, he's staying regardless of the reasons. How impactful is it for a guy like Tony Finau to choose the PGA tour? If in fact, he, that's what happened. Uh, if that's the way that it went, I mean, I think that is significant. I, I still think that there are some options on the table for the females of the world, the Hattons of the world to be quote unquote made whole from a fund that the Saudis have suggested they would throw a billion dollars at to make players who didn't go to live Holy get moly. some kind of compensation uh, for not going to dollars. live in the first place. Yeah. I mean, if they're willing to throw a billion dollars for just kind of, here's a make good pool of money to do what you want with, then uh, maybe female and Hatton are like, well, we don't know what's going to happen. We want to make sure we're in the majors. If this deal doesn't happen, then the money that we can collect from them may not get us the kind of security finance or, you know, in terms of professionalism, it might be a financial security, but professionally you don't have the security that John Rahm has yeah. just like Cam Smith had last year. We go, well, I don't need world ranking points. Um, you know, Rahm's in the masters for life. He's in the U S open for another eight years. He's in the Open Championship and the PGA for the next five. So what he probably figures is no matter what happens, I'm probably going to be fine. Finau and Hatton don't enjoy that same kind of security. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much of a price you could put on that, given that Tony's been close. Cyril's been relatively close in majors. So if they feel like they're at their prime, then maybe they don't want to give that up for whatever amount of money was on the table. Well, and that's huge. I mean, we talk about the golf world today and how the top elite players and the best players in the world consider majors the top of the heap. 
um, winning other tournaments and playing on uh, in other venues and other events gets them to where they want to be or possibly to where they to where they can compete and and win a major championship. And as you said, a guy like Tony Finau, he jumps out now. He's got one year of major championships, and after one year, he's not going to have the world ranking points to go with it, and he's outside the top 50, and he's going to have to qualify for the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, but he, and, and he's not in the PGA or the Masters. Right. I mean, it, the security blanket difference between Rom and Finau could not be more stark because most players, operate on a one-year basis in the majors. They operate so long as they can win on the PGA Tour, so long as they can earn world ranking points. And you can't do that on live right now. So there's no guarantee that's coming. There's no guarantee that that change will happen. So that's worth a lot of money to guys to be able to play in the tournaments that, frankly, matter the most. I don't care how much money is available to the FedEx Cup winner. I don't care how much money is available in every signature event. The world ranking points and the ability to earn more pathways into the majors through the PGA Tour is worth a lot of money. Ryan Ballinger, GolfNewsNet.com, joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Last week, we had, uh, I guess, the first of two Silly Season events. It's kind of what it's come down to. You could throw Hero in there, I guess, as well. But, it, you know, we, the Grant Thornton last week with the, the mixed team events, to me, that's something I've been looking forward to all year. And I was actually disappointed that this uh, this story with Rom and, and then Finau rumored and all that sort of overshadowed what took place there at Tiburon. But what was your thoughts on that uh, and, and how it all went down, the format of it, the entertainment value, just as an event itself? I really enjoyed it. I'm glad they made the change. I'm glad they went away from having 12 two-man pairs and doing 16 two-player pairs, getting the LPGA involved. I thought it was really interesting to see how certain players – PJ Tour players bought into their partner and the concept over three rounds, where it kind of felt like the first day that a lot of players weren't taking it seriously on the PJ Tour side, but the, they were just kind of doing it. They were just playing golf. And then you got to Saturday, and then it went Sunday, and it felt like some of the male players, like Team Canada, Team Australia, those, those folks, picked up the intensity of their LPGA partner and yeah. were like, all right, we're going to, let's do this. Let's really try to win this thing. This isn't just for giggles. And for the LPGA players, $500,000 a person to win the event is a lot of money. So yeah. their intensity, their interest in their game, I think encouraged some of the PGA Tour players to play harder and play a little bit more to the same intensity as the LPGA players. And by the time we got to Sunday, it seemed like it really meaned a lot to a number of the teams involved and they weren't just playing to go through with it. And I really liked that facet of it. And I, I think that spells good things moving forward for the event because the, the PGA tour players will go and tell their peers, if you have an opportunity to play in this, you should, I had a great experience. It was fun. I really like playing with my partner and, and hopefully that creates a bigger stature for this event. Yeah. And it creates some mutual respect for the tours and that kind of thing as well. Um, so the big question now is, what are some of your top stories for the year of 2023, Ryan? Wow. Uh, I mean, I feel like we had a 10 years worth of stories in one, right? Um, I, I guess the start has to be whatever has happened on June 6th to this point. I know that's not inside the ropes, but 
this has been a transformational year for professional golf and there's going to be another ahead. I don't, I don't think that even if there's a deal made tomorrow that there's still not a lot of things that are going to change. So this is step one or step two in a, in a bigger process, bigger transformation. I, I think Rom establishing himself as a multi-time major champion, two different legs of the grand slam that, that cannot be underestimated having another player in men's professional golf with multiple major championships. Brooks Kepka winning a PGA from Liv. No matter what you think about Liv, Brooks coming back from multiple years of kind of doubt and injuries and swing flaws and, and all these different things in the wilderness from being a dominant player to almost a shell of himself to seemingly, at least for one week, the guy that won four majors in a 24-month time span. So that was very interesting. And then I think Lilia Vu is a really underestimated story this year. Um, she really thought she was an imposter on this tour, on the LPGA tour, and got her status back after a, a really rough rookie campaign, had to go back to the Epson tour, comes back, starts to figure out how to play, wins the Chevron, maybe out of thin air, but she thought she was an imposter even have to, having won a major. And then she wins another at the women's open, she's got two. She's clearly one of the two or three best players on the planet. I would say probably the best player on the planet at the moment on the women's side. And she's getting better. She's starting to learn how to win without her best stuff. And that, to me, is a mark of a great player when you can learn how to beat fields without your absolute best stuff. And, and, and same for Celine Boutier. I mean, had an incredible year. Who knows if she'll repeat that. But to become the first French woman to win uh, a major championship in her home country, no less. Uh, really, really cool for her. So, uh, I mean, tons and tons of great stories, but I, I think those are probably the standout players for me of the year. To say nothing of Rose Zhang, right? Yeah. I mean, Rose Zhang wins in her first start. That That's incredible, and, and she's going to really develop into an incredible player, I think. Uh, this is just the beginning for her. Then I, I didn't even talk about the Champions Tour. I mean, Steve Stricker is beating everybody left, right, and center. Uh, he doesn't even have. He didn't even have to play in the Schwab Cup playoffs to win the Schwab Cup. That's how dominant he was on that tour. That Bernhard Langer still up there and getting trophies. He's ageless. It's, that's unbelievable. Um, that there are a lot of really cool things happening in golf. Yeah. That yeah, Allison, have nothing Allison to Corpus, do with all the best. Allison Corpus was another one at the, getting her first win ever at the Women's U.S. Open. Yeah, at she Pebble was incredible. Beach. At Pebble Beach, no less. I mean, it was a dominating performance. She was fantastic. She kept her cool, even when Charlie Hall was putting on the pressure down the stretch. They had that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how people feel about Liv, but Taylor Gooch winning the way that he did three times on that tour was it meant something. I mean, it meant a lot to him financially, for sure. What that means in the grander scheme of golf five years from now, I have no idea. But if it does translate into him someday becoming a a major contender or a guy who plays well in 72 whole events, then this year may have been really important in his career where we put that. I don't know what that means quite yet. And uh, just real quickly, you're, you're not a big fan of the whole coverage around Charlie this week, huh? Well, it's not that I don't like it. I, I mean, I understand why people are drawn to it, but it, we in, and not you and I in this conversation, you and I in this conversation, but, I feel like a lot of people just kind of take it too far. It's like the kid's 14 years old. He, I understand he's a public figure by no fault of his own, 
But for the one week a year that he's truly a public figure, it, it's insane. I mean, the, the tour has gone well out of their way to publicize the event this week. They're giving way more coverage to Tiger and Charlie. I mean, again, father and son, that's cool. But compared to the Q school where people's lives are going to change at the end of this week because of five, at least five PGA tour cards being handed out. So I, I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone's interest. If you like it, go devour as much of that content as you humanly can. But I really just want to watch them play golf. I don't need to worry about what they're like together or get into the insides of, of their relationship. Like that separate private relationship is kind of what makes this event special in my opinion. And making that more public, I feel like kind of takes away from it in a way. Well, Ryan, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely be tuning in to see Tiger Woods and his son play in the PNC championship. I, I know there's a lot of other great stories there, but uh, that's definitely the draw. There's no question about it. And just, just great, great that uh, Tiger can actually play. And it's a good week for him. He gets a cart. So he's got that going for him. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. Is good. And I, 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 for one also cannot wait to, I mean, Lee Trevino's there. That's always a thrill. Uh, I don't care who he's playing with. And then to get to see Steve Stricker and his daughter play, different context for sure. Obviously, Steve Stricker's not Tiger Woods, but pretty cool to see that happen too. Yeah. Ryan, thanks, man. Happy holidays. We appreciate you as always, and uh, we'll talk to you again, I guess, in the new year. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it as always. Thanks for a great year. You got it. There you go. Ryan Balangy, golfnewsnet.com, GNN Radio on iHeart. Check that all out, and uh, we appreciate his insights, and great to be affiliated with well, all the great stuff he has going on in golf broadcasting. Take a break here. More Real Golf coming up next. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, wrapping up year 2023. Good to be with you. And as always, great to be with this guy. There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. We can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper. Here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, caddy joins us weekly here on Real Golf Radio, and uh, great to have him here on our year-end show. Caddy, how are you? Caddy's doing pretty good, enjoying a little few minutes off before we get really busy Mm. in about a day. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and happy birthday next week, by the way. I can either confirm or deny um, any of those details. Okay. Well, nevertheless, we wish you well. Thank you. I appreciate it. Did you uh, have a chance to watch any of the Grant Thornton last week? I did not have a chance to watch the Grant Thornton. I have caddied that event many times, though. Mm. That's a nice place, Tiburon. Yeah. Yeah. Jibberon's nice. Yeah. Do you know it happens to be one of three places on the PGA Tour that also hosts, or on the schedule that hosts both PGA and LPGA Tour? Pebble Beach, Tiburon, and Black Desert. Just saying. Yeah, Black Desert, there you go. That's pretty cool. uh, And having the concurrent event, you know, when everybody's playing together, that's pretty neat. Right? Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really liked it. A very small amount of experience with LPJ, but uh, we we actually uh, we were the champions of the Wendy's one year, mm. and uh, I got to tell you, it's it's really it's rough here, right? My my out 
outstanding memory from the Wendy's was that we got a a free Wendy's gift card for the entire year. Really? And that was like that, I, that's all I could think about was let's yeah. win it. Let's win it. I got to get the Wendy's gift card. I mean, how cool is you just roll up? Yeah, here's my get out of jail free Wendy's card. I'll take a number one, please. Unlimited. Yeah. Wait, so you just you what you took that card anytime for an entire year, anytime to any Wendy's, whatever you want. Well, let's not th- let the truth get in the way of the the general gist of the story, which was <laughs> there were there were a number of gift cards with with values on them that unless you were just a freak, you weren't going to run out of it in a year. Ah, so there yeah, you it was go. Essentially, it was essentially a a get out of jail free card for the year. So it wasn't like a wasn't like a Wendy's black card or anything that just you know you pulled up and there was there will be no charges. Here's your food, sir. Well, I mean, I never pulled any cash out, <laughs> and I never ran out of any. I mean, essentially, I tell you, I had more than a few frosties that year. I did more than the normal. More than the normal allotment, let's say. Are you a are you a single or a double or a double double or a triple? What are you? What kind of guy? You know, it's funny because I'm a double double guy when you talk about In and Out Burger, but I'm a single guy at Wendy's. Yeah, there um, you go. So, so I just noticed something. I'm looking at some cars in front of me. I'm actually driving right now from Boulder to Golden, Colorado. I'm looking at the cars in front of me. And I've got the Audi Q5. I've got the Subaru Forester that's kind of dusty and dirty. I've got the bright yellow Corvette with the go for it personalized license plate. And Mm. I'm just thinking, you know, you just know exactly what these people are like who are in these cars, right? You know what kind of person is in that car. So it made me think about golfers, right? The way golfers dress. Oh, he has right. a point to all this. I appreciate yes. this. Yeah, I was, yes. hoping he was, I was hoping he was going right. somewhere with Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, you just think there's the guy who shows up, and, you know, anybody with a staff bag, they think they're way better than they actually are, unless they're an actual tour pro, right? That's the <laughs> exception. But I remember one time when I was a junior golfer, I played golf with a guy who had a staff bag, and he carried his own staff bag and walked no. around the golf course with it. I said, yes. I've never seen it before, never seen it since. I mean, a legit, and that's back, Bob, we're talking in the late 70s, early 80s when a staff bag itself weighed 30 pounds. I mean, those things were heavy, really heavy in the late 80s. They were all leather. It was brutal. They were never meant to be carried. They were meant to go on a golf cart. (laughs) So, yeah, but yeah, I I just thought that might be an interesting topic for the show someday. Yeah, we'll get around to that someday. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. How a golf bag you choose defines what kind of a golfer you are. Is that where you're going with what this? What kind of player, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's the whole collection, you know. it's the There's a lot of stuff. Your shoes you're wearing. You know, what are you doing with your hat? Do you, do you have the logo shirt and vest on? And where is it from? You know, and I mean, it's a, there's, there's a whole, like, list of things here to come to the final conclusion of what, what we're dealing with here on this, you know, fourth guy, mystery guy filling in our 
filling in our group for the Saturday morning round. Yeah, right? but if this there mystery so, if this uh, mystery guy rolls up, are you more suspect of him of his game if he has old, worn out golf shoes or brand new golf shoes? I think the super old golf shoes are a sign. That it, it, it's one of two things. You either really know what you're doing. You're probably not a really great player, but you're not going to slow anybody down. Or you play once every 47 years and we're in. Yeah. <laughs> Caddy, what are some of your favorite top stories of 2023? Uh, you guys love throwing these questions at me where I have to test my memory, which is failing. Okay. So here's what I thought was really cool about 2023. The events where they kind of put the purses up, which have now become kind of the elevated events. Yep. It really struck me how great they, how great they were to watch on TV. Because the field, you just had the top 40, 50, 60 guys in the world playing in the field, and the leaderboard was just going to be good on Sunday no matter what. Cut, no cut. I mean, it was it, that was cool. I was like, oh, boy, that's what you need more of. I want to see more of that, right? So that's the first thing that will pop into my brain. Could be because I'm in Colorado. I don't know, but I'm, I'm thinking about the U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club. It was kind of a unique U.S. Open. It was a it was a pretty exciting finish. Uh, it started out like what's going on with all these sixty ones, and it ended up being extremely difficult on the weekend. Uh, that was kind of cool because I like it when the U.S. Open extracts. You know, I like a Mr. T. I like a Mr. T. U.S. Open, right? I'm looking for a Mr. T. U.S. Open. Pain. Looking for a little pain. There goes the crazy guy in the F one fifty. Going 700 miles an hour, passing this little truck in front of me to be completely slowed down by the traffic that's eight miles long in front of him that he can do nothing about. Just another type of driver. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what kind of Nobody golf shoes died, is he wearing? But that's good. <laughs> uh, Don't answer he's that. Don't work answer boot, that. Work, work, he's wearing work boots with extra long spikes. Mm. Yeah. VJ. And a short... And a short golf shirt that's allowing him to show the buff arms. Yeah. Or a tank top. Or a tank top. Tank top cowboy hat. Right? Yeah. All right. All right, so we got elevated Woo! events and U.S. Open and caddy driving tips. That's that's where we're going with this. Uh, obviously, the live event, recent stuff, right, is, is big. But, um, yeah, we'll hit, we'll hit on that for sure. Caddy, we are out of time. We wish you, uh, you know what, happy birthday next week. Happy holidays, and thanks, as always, for joining us throughout the year, man. We really appreciate you and all the fun insights and different uh, angles that you take the show. It's always fun. My Saturday mornings would just not be happy anymore. So I'm so glad I'm on the show. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, see, look, at there's love in the air. Love Gotta love it. There you go. That was America's favorite caddy joining us right there on Real Golf Radio. And you know what? Like I said, you never know where he's going to take you, but you're always entertained at the end. So very entertaining. Watch what you wear and how you drive if you're around the caddy. It says something to him, right? It says something. Hey, we'll take a short break. We'll wrap up hour one next right here on Real Golf Radio. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. And thanks again to the caddy for joining us. Thanks to Ryan Ballinger, Jeff Babineau. Hope you enjoyed that. 
a lot that was covered there from some of the stories this week. Coming up on the back nine, hour number two, it's our annual countdown of the top ten stories in the game of golf. We'll do that. It's me and Bob and some of the stories. Love to hear what you think of these at Real Golf on X. You can also search Real Golf Radio where uh, other social channels and where your favorite podcasts are found. But I'm excited to get into this one. There's some clear obvious ones that have really raised their head in the last couple of weeks. And I know there's some recency bias around those topics, but they're also pretty high magnitude stories. But there's some others you may have forgotten. We're going to run through the majors, both LPGA and and PGA majors as well, some champion store stuff. There's a lot to get into, so we'll do that. Coming up next on the back nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio. (laughs) 